Hey, this is Haley Sale, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show that makes you realize that the bogus journey wasn't from Bill and Ted, it was from us. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 131. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins Deadpool and Cable in their fight against crime, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her chimichanga. All right, guys, our guest today is an accomplished and award-winning, I might point out, singer and songwriter that's also an actress who's done voice work in games like Homeworld, and there's some others on there as well. Uh, she has on-screen roles in uh, as Cable's wife in Deadpool 2. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And there's other films and TV shows and a whole lot of cool stuff. All you got to do is go to her IMDb page. There's a whole lot on there. We'll find out how accurate that is later, though. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we are so you glad. Know. You never know. We are so glad and proud to welcome Haley Sales to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Haley. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm already I'm already being quite entertained over here. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I like it when things when we're actually entertaining and not yeah. Yeah. It's not it's, nice it's not all Friday oh, afternoon. Then, she's oh. just putting up with us. She wants out of here already. Uh <laughs> what time is it (laughs) exactly and we got a thing to catch um so Haley, one of the things we like to do first with any one of our guests uh we always like to get to know the background of of our guests you know uh we're nerds we love origin stories origin stories are awesome and uh so for us it helps us get to know the person you know who they are how they got to be the person that's sitting across the virtual table from us today mm-hmm. so in the origin story of the awesomeness that is haley sales <laughs> what were your influences as little haley that encouraged you to grow up to seek out a career in the entertainment industry we'll start as as an actor so with the acting okay. well they all kind of combined but once upon a time there was this little girl who fell in love with musical theater and that girl was me and I was a a little baby in diapers at this point and I kind of stepped through a portal and tripped back into the 1940s and lost all track of what was cool and modern uh and just lived through uh all the, the incredible movies you know everything from singing in the rain to vertigo you know you name it just that whole era from music to dance to film and uh, definitely was a misfit, I might add. I did, I wore either vintage or my older brother's sweatpants to school every day. Cause I just didn't, it, it didn't matter. I was living in a world where Gene Kelly was gonna be my husband. Didn't turn out that way, but that's Fair okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, just, that was my love. I, I was pursuing from a very young age theater. But, you know, that's why I was like, it kind of combines the music and, and acting at that point were combined into theater. And uh, fast forward to middle school when I realized uh, I, I wasn't quite fitting in. And I put all those little, those loves of mine away and fell madly in love with Leonardo DiCaprio and the rest is history. So I, I learned how to, you know, put on makeup and fit in at that point, which I've learned to undo as I'm growing older but yeah that's the that's the synopsis of the origin story and I lucked out got signed to Universal Music when I was 16 and that was that was that it was really easy and then it got really hard later you know 
that's well, as all stories do, do. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. The best yeah. stories have that. <laughs> Can't be all sunshine and rainbows. Oh, exactly. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always think that's really cool, though, when, when you're able to look at, you know, and know that, yeah, I'm different than everybody else, and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and even if you oh, hit yeah. a point where you, you where you decide, well, I want to be a little bit more, I don't want to be that different, but I'm okay with still being different. I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, because that's the way it, it ebbs and flows throughout your yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you I realize normal there... doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what What's I've, normal? I've learned that later in life. <laughs> yeah, because I've always uh, felt that way about myself, you know, uh, especially when I was younger, even more so now. My daughter, who's 16, is very much her her own thing, and uh, she'll yeah. come out of the room some days, you know, I'm just like, Oh, so that's What's what we're that? wearing today. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, uh, she, she dresses in a very nineties grunge era. So, okay. uh, her and I get along just fine, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah, gets, she, she hangs out where dad, where dad hangs out. So that, that helps a little bit. The combat so. boots she had on the last time you guys were over were super cute. Ooh, they were, they were yeah. impressive. I still have some of my doc Martins. I haven't given, oh, I yeah. didn't throw them away and now they're all the way back again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and the vintage like, ones are probably woo-hoo. worth a few bucks so there you go yeah. there i you love go. the number of times that it comes back to musical theater see musical theater yeah. is a good thing tim it is so important i mean i also was obsessed with shakespeare i was just a little romantic kid i mean i i fell in love with a guy in in kindergarten and decided that we were going to get married and that was going to be my life and he didn't show up at my fifth birthday party and I was so humiliated and so heartbroken. I had it all planned. I told everyone we're going to dance to the Lion King. Like, this is it. And he didn't show up. And instead of celebrating my birthday, I hid in a clo- in the closet and closed the door. <laughs> oh. So I was oh. like this, I was so romantic. So any, in the 1940s have that in spades. And so did, you know, oh, yeah. musical theater. And I loved Shakespeare. Anything that was, you know, gonna sweep me away i was i was i, I was a strange little child let's just say that's that adorable, i <laughs> love that the strange yeah. kids are the best they're the most oh, fun right we turn out interesting absolutely you turn out I'm to be gonna, fun that's i'm what gonna go with the fact that go. the strange little kids are the best while i, I agree, remember actually. that i have a weird little four-year-old who's currently i think still wearing her fuzzy rainbow unicorn bathrobe that's and no cool. shirt I didn't wear clothes till about three, so at least she's wearing something. She had clothes on, and then she spilled something on herself and decided she wasn't going to put a shirt back on, so she was just walking around in jeans and this fuzzy bathrobe. And I'm like, okay. Whatever. Well, she's comfortable. I think I think we could, could all learn from our little selves and our, you know, so honestly, we get so caught up in this concept of wanting to either fit in or what how life's supposed to unfold or... I need to be here by there at that time. And then you start realizing yeah. that you lost, you lost the magic somewhere along the way and you have to go back. So yeah. having kids definitely makes you find that magic again. I could imagine. It really yeah. does. And then you start seeing things through their eyes, which is really cool. <laughs> and then they yeah. turn into teenagers and squash it right out of you. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, me as a teenager was a scary <laughs> sight to be <behold. laughs> teenagers in general are scary sights but yeah Ooh, my bourbon intake well, has gone up but yeah I... <laughs> you'll make it you'll make it <laughs> my liver might not but i will so there you go exactly but you have three who kids needs a liver? liver donors you're fine Ooh. there you go one of those kids right? has to be a match for you <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's you know, they owe they you. They did it to you. They should help fix the problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And other things my mother's listening to right now. <laughs> we already know I'm hi, not a match. Hi, Kathleen's mom. mom. <laughs> we already know I'm not a match. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. So my husband was a bit of a comic book fan when he was younger. And I say a bit of a comic book fan as a massive understatement. I think there are five or six of the big like printer paper boxes full of full of comic books still. Yeah. That we haven't gone through the rest of. So obviously we've been big in the Marvel movies. Yeah. And he showed me that in the comic books, Cable had a wife, Aaliyah, a son Mm -hmm. named Tyler, and they were both killed by Cable's evil clone in the future time before Cable came back to the present to help his parents, which is very twisty, but it, it works. It's Yeah. Yeah. So without <laughs> violating any Disney or Marvel NDAs, if given the chance to return to the MCU, either in the same role or a different one, would you be interested in expanding your character's role beyond just being Cable's wife? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? That'd be so much fun. I mean, and it was the future, so things can change before you get there. So I don't know. Just saying. I think I think it was so much fun to be a part of that movie. That was, you never know, right? Like you go to, well, I actually really didn't know. So because of the, it was a very tight set, like they, they wouldn't release the script, which makes sense. Like people are trying to steal it and put it on the internet. So I show up having little to no idea who I am in the movie. And I get all this, I got everything on the day there on set. And it was so fun. And it, and Ryan Reynolds came out, like I didn't actually have scenes with him. He came down and introduced himself and, you know, I had a small part. So that made, that meant a lot to me and the whole, it was so much fun. So yes, I would hands down go back to do that or any other role really. I would have asked. Who does not love Marvel? I would have melted. If Ryan Reynolds, I did literally oh. in the scene. <laughs> did literally, it's true. <laughs> but no, it's she... true. And he was so sweet. He was like, "I'm good. Hey, you see how to Blake? Like he was just everything you'd hope him to be. He is. Like oh he's just such, oh, a, that's cool. such a cool dude. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Man. So cool. Yeah, totally. Jealous. Excellent. <laughs> right, so, so jumping back to your 1940s inspirations. Yeah. Um. I've read that it's uh, you've often cited musical artists like Judy Garland, and, and so the, some of these will be past the 1940s. But the Supremes, Ray Charles, the Beach Boys, as other and and a few others as inspirations for your musical leanings. Um, so my question for you is, how did those artists? Because we're talking about varying genres of music here, and, and which is great. I think that's awesome that you that your footprint is so is so diverse. But how did those different genres influence your musical footprint? And are there any artists from today that are influencing you now where you go, oh, man, I, that's, that's stimulating my musical muscles? My musical muscles. <laughs> I, you know, it, I'd have to say the, the, the massive confluence was because my parents are eccentric, wonderful artists, hippies from the 60s. So they were always playing the music you would expect them to play, you know, and they had fantastic taste. So that, you know, everything from the Supremes to Bob Dylan to, oh, everybody. Like we, nice. I could, the list could go on forever. And so I had that. And then I also had my own little bubble that I was in where I was listening to, you know, everyone from John Coltrane to Judy Garland to Sarah Vaughn and all these vocalists 
from the the 1940s and 50s. And I would have to say they kind of blended together because what really moved me was melody and cut back to romance. And so there was this thread that kind of tied all of those artists together. And over the years, the songwriting and the the vocals have kind of melded together into this this one thing that is its own sound. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense, but it uh, really does. yeah, like I I was obsessed with George Gershwin and Artie Shaw and all these these incredible arrangers and composers of that era. And so in some ways, my songs are a combination of that, and then you have the pop R and B that you might get from the Supremes or Ray Charles, and they kind of have done this. <laughs> so it'd be hard to pick them apart and tell you what's what. And uh, gosh, as far as modern music, there, I mean, there are so, I'm literally right now trying to think of this guy's first name because I just love him so much. And Steven Sanchez is amazing. That's what it is. I hope I just said his name right. He's fantastic. Uh, really love what he's doing. Um, the list goes on. I mean, I loved Lana Del Rey when she came out. It was so inspiring mm-hmm. to see someone that leaned into older music but did it, I mean, we're very different, but she really took it and ran with it and created a whole world around her. So I love that she did that. Especially for like the Great Gatsby soundtrack. Uh, that song is just- Oh, oh I know. I, oh, I listen to that song. I have a really, actually, I'm, I'm made fun of all the time for this. I will become so obsessed with one song that I will listen to it on repeat, just the one song for, for weeks. Like I'll- go on my runs listening to it and I don't know if it builds a story in my head but I just I've had a tendency to do that my whole life and that song was one of them see I actually I, I, I love that. that one I get yeah. that because I do you that do too. oh good that makes I me totally feel do it too. my odd. husband my husband hates it because he is the, <laughs> yeah, buys a new too. album <laughs> buys a new album and listens to the whole album all the way through and I'm like no I got it for the one song I'm gonna listen to that yeah. one song until I hate that song and then yeah. I'll come back to it in six months yeah exactly but, yeah I and I think too a lot of the times doing that I'll like I'll I'll listen to it I'll realize that I enjoy mm-hmm. it and then as I listen to it more I find the different aspects of it that I enjoy so yeah suddenly, totally suddenly you have it on a different speaker and you hear the bass line that you didn't hear before and you're like wait a mm-hmm. second it really helps you digest a song and mm-hmm. I mean I find that it's like I absorb it like literally so Last week, my most recent one is I'd never heard this song before and it popped up on uh, Alexa at one of my friend's houses. And it was, isn't it, isn't this a lovely day, Ella Fitzgerald? And something about it, I cannot get that song out of my head. I'm Mm -hmm. just like singing it all the time, listening on repeat. And I'm sure someday I'll like write a song similar just because it's like, it's so much a part of me now. I've listened to it so many times, you know, I love it. I I almost wonder if that's a thing about musical theater kids because- you have to know those songs forward and back. Yeah, you get do. them hammered into your head during rehearsals. <laughs> and I feel like we still, we still do that to ourselves later in life where we're like, no, we're going to yeah. keep listening to I'm it. I'm going to learn this until so we hear well. all the parts. Yeah. 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 And find all the different cues in it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just do that because I think the song is awesome and I get stuck in well, my head exactly. and then it becomes an earworm. And like I'll wake up singing, like I'll wake up from in the morning with a song stuck in my head. And there's always a random song. I call it Radiohead, you know, um, and I'll wake up is with it that. Radiohead? <laughs> it's every once in a while. It actually sometimes, is Radiohead. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. There you go. Well, sometimes. I love them. They're amazing. They're yeah. one of my favorite bands. I had one uh, that I, I, I either loved 
cover songs or I hate cover songs or I love to hate the cover song. I would songs. agree. Um, but I found this band the other day and uh, they're called Scary Pockets and they're a, mm. uh, uh, a funk cover band. Ooh. And I have, I fell down like this funk rabbit hole uh, on YouTube <laughs> with all of their stuff because I found their stuff on TikTok. And, you know, then I, I kept listening to the one song over and over and over again because they did a, a, yeah. a funk cover of Childish Gambino's Redbone. Oh, and it was really? Amazing. I want to check this out. And then I, oh, because I, you know, per uh, previously stated rabbit hole, uh, then I found they had a, a cover of Hanson's Umbop as oh, funk. No way. And I'm like, oh, my and I gosh. was like, I was like, all right, now we're having some fun. Um, <laughs> but amazing. my daughter is completely annoyed with me because I was listening to it on my phone. And then I went to my computer uh, and then I then I put it over my stereo and the Bluetooth speakers so I could hear everything louder in the house. And she's like, she's like, I'm really trying bad? to have a FaceTime with my friends. Can you turn that down? I'm like, tell them to get the funk out of here. So, you know, yeah. the girl uh, who's been on go. 10 hour FaceTimes, she can deal with it. Yeah, that's what I yeah. said. So the creative process is different for every artist and it can change depending on if you're working alone, if you're working with other people, and sometimes even depends on who you're working with. So with your music, Haley, how do you personally create? And does that change when you're working with someone else? Like for instance, when you worked on Never Before with Sharon Stone? <laughs> yeah, well, actually it, I had never done a co-write uh, before Sharon Stone. Ooh. So let, I'll, I'll explain my process before getting to write with her, but I, I've always been, um, I say, I can't write a song. Like I just have to show up and sometimes the muses write a song through me because if I try, it's just terrible. It just sounds like you're trying. And, uh, so to me, it's something that's very fluid and it'll be at 2am and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> my earbud will fall out and I'll run to my piano, which is right there next to my bed. And I'll literally just start to write in the middle of the night, but it's something I've never been able to plan. Uh, you just show up and it'll become infectious. Kind of like, you know, listening to the song, mm -hmm. I become obsessed. Either Sometimes you write a song and it's, you do it in one sitting and sometimes you do most of it and there's that one thing that's not right and it will haunt me until I figure it out. Like it'll keep me up for months. Um, so when I was given the opportunity to write with Sharon, I was pretty nervous. One, because it's Sharon Stone, but two, because I'd never done a co-write and I didn't, I was, I mean, I was like, I might show up in silence. Like there's just nothing comes, right. comes up. And uh, it actually turned out to not be that case. And she was amazing. Like she's, she's a powerhouse. She, I, I had just lost my record to Universal, like my third record. And I was rock bottom, graveling with Wyatt to do music anymore it just, you know I was just very jaded about the whole thing and lost at sea and I remember her sitting me down and being like okay but what haven't you done yet that's truest to yourself I'm like well I love 40s music like that is what I those are the songs I've locked away in closets mm -hmm. that you know I have so many of those she's like well why aren't you doing that you'd be you like she's like take off all that makeup and just be yourself she was she's like a woman power I just love her mm -hmm. and so we sat down and with the mission of writing a song about love that is that felt like it was from a different time. And it, it I don't know how it happened, but it was seamless. Like she was so inspiring and we 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 did it all in one afternoon. 
and uh, love her. I mean, still to this day, I haven't done many co-writes and that one is, it just was a very special experience and proved to me I could do it. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine co-writing a song with Sharon Stone. That's Yeah, I mean, I still can't when I think about it right. as like <laughs> the outside of myself, but the experience was incredible. So as far as producing, because I get to, I produce my own music as well. That's when I really love to collaborate. Like I, I, I thrive off working with a string arranger and getting into it with them and letting each instrumentalist really do what they do and bring themselves to the table. I just think that's so fun. I love that. I'm not like a do this and this and this, whereas with songwriting, I'm a little more structured <laughs> that way. You will play the not this way. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh. how the bridge goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Haley, one of the things we didn't mention in the introduction is that you also have directed a few movie shorts. So that's another mm. little title we can, we can throw into the IMDB credits. Um, <laughs> and IMDB currently is crediting you with three. Uh, all this love, all shook mm -hmm. up. And it mm -hmm. can't be Christmas without you. So yes. what do you enjoy most about directing films? And does how does this scratch that artistic creative itch differently than acting or singing? You know what I love about, about directing? And I mean, they were kind of woven into my songs. So, you know, they were all mixed there's in the all, same that, but, thing. Yeah. But, you know, but having said that, what I love, I, I'm, a, I'm so obsessed with films. Like I am there, I've lived through the stories films have told me. So to be able to bring a story or even just a feeling to life through the medium of film is so fun because it's so visual. Whereas I find music is, it's, it's emotive and it's, um, it is, a, it's a, clearly, it's just, for me, it's just my heart being blah out there when I'm doing music. Acting is, trying to get out of your own way and forget yourself so that you can tell someone else's story and getting to direct is kind of this fun hybrid where you're capturing a story and a person or an essence on on screen and I just I love it I someday I would love to dive more into it but I'm terrified <laughs> we'll get there in like 20 years <laughs> for now I'll just do my shorts there you go well, we've actually had the opportunity to interview a couple different directors who started out as a shorts director. Uh, matter of fact, cool. last week's uh, last week's guest on the show, his name is Brett Smith. He's an independent film creator who started yeah. off with doing a bunch of different shorts, and he just had a um, you know a major motion picture release. That's awesome. And, and yeah, it was you know a pet project of his that he's had for eight years. It started as a short, and now it's a feature film, and. Oh, you know, cool. it went out to select theaters. It's won a whole bunch of different awards and things like that. So I think that that's, you know, a possibility for somebody as long as, as it's something that you're driven towards, mm -hmm. you know, I think that, that, you know, it doesn't have to be just shorts unless shorts are what you, what you enjoy doing there. And there's nothing wrong with those because there's some really cool short films out in the world that really, <laughs> there are, you know, there you are. can tell to a me, lot of story you know, in, in, in 10 minutes or less. It is, it is actually, they're kind of like songs in that way. It's very condensed. Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be so fun. I, I started writing a screenplay for a, for a musical kind of, that's just sitting on the back burner someday, 
um, someday when I have a team, whereas when I'm doing these, I'm editing them, I'm directing them, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's very, it's a lot of work, but it's so fun. I mean, we, I got to do the video for, for the Sharon Stone song as well. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about it that I just love. It's like every edit's an eye blink and it's just, you, there's so, there's so much to play with. Very cool. So someday. Yeah. Yeah. So going from editing and directing to acting, on in 2022, you appeared in a movie titled Corrective Measures, where yeah. I read that you performed opposite of Bruce Willis, which is also amazing. And Yes. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> oh, it breaks I, my heart, though. I know. I know. But oh, also, from what like... I read, he did all of his scenes in two days. Yeah, he did. He did all of them very condensed. But a lot, I've actually met so many actors that do that. I mean, it's... It's actually funny when you, like, we just filmed a movie in two and a half weeks. Oh, like, if you just, we just finished Friday. So if you think about that, two whole days is actually a lot of content. But yeah, he, I have to say, I, I my heart broke when I heard the news. Oh, yeah, he, sure. to me, was, I mean, I felt like one of his daughters. Like, he treated me so amazingly. It made me feel so at ease. And on top of that, just getting to act with him. I mean, I've, I've met and gotten to act with a lot of amazing actors, but he is so present mm-hmm. that when it was like, I'd never needed an acting class. Like he, he was worth 20 years of acting lessons because oh, so he's just, he, he's so focused on you when he's acting that suddenly you're so focused on him. And I think that's the key to losing yourself into the story is not critiquing, oh, should I look right now? Should I? should I look left? Am I looking like an idiot? You know, all those things that kind of pull you out. And he, he was just brilliant. And I'm, I feel so lucky to have gotten to work with him, especially now knowing, you know, that he didn't get to do much more. Like he, he was, he was a genius. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. He, it was a, they were long days. I was there for both of them. They were very long days. (laughs) I did all my stuff in four days total actually. Yeah. So how did you prepare for that role of Dr. Isabel Josephs? I mean, that was fun, actually. Because oh, my, like my, my brother's a spinal surgeon. And for some reason, so many of my best friends are nurses. And I know absolutely nothing about being a doctor or nurse at all. Like, I'm like, oh, where do you take the pulse? That was how bad it was. <laughs> and I really wanted to, you know look like I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got to learn so much about how to do a physical, how you do a neuroexamination, like all these little things. And so on a technical side, that was really fun. Okay. And on the story creative side, I really dove in and created this whole backstory for myself as to why I'd be best friends with these supervillains and, and found ways to really make them lovable and my friends and the director, Sean, was incredible he let us improvise like we do this you know we do every scene the way he wrote it envisioned it and then he's like okay what do you guys want to do it was so magical i mean it was really fun that's so i love that movie yeah that's so cool i love it i I mean just thinking about trying to prepare for pretending to be a doctor your brother's a spinal surgeon (laughs) yeah my brothers are all you know I get to play all the cool things they actually are. Like, yeah, he's a he's one of the top ten spinal surgeons in America. Wow, very smart. He's also the guy who you know put me on the zip line and smashed me into a tree. Love him so much. And well, uh, probably after brothers... that, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to learn how to fix that." 
Well, yeah, I know. And then my other my other brother is um a sustainable city planner and like runs the wow. town. And I'm like, I get act and sing. <laughs> I get to smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Smile and people put makeup on me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's there's yeah, it was actually really helpful though that he had all that knowledge. Because uh otherwise I would have shown up and been like, Hi, where does this needle how does this yeah. No. <laughs> I never like to show up without doing my homework. I'm very, you know, I like to know what I'm going gonna do. As soon as you said I needed to know where how to uh, where the pulse was, all I could imagine was you walking up to somebody with the stethoscope and like sticking it to their forehead, going, "I don't hear anything." Like, <laughs> I can't get the pulse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned a lot. Now I could take your pulse. Oh, there you go. There you Fantastic. Go. Mm -hmm. I could even get it in your foot. So Ooh. Learned a whole bunch. <laughs> pulses are not easy to find. Mm -mm. Well, I say I can do it. I can at least do it for film. I hope you're not like on the floor dying and I need to get your pulse. <laughs> but if, somebody's on, if somebody's on the floor dying though, if you're trying to get a pulse true. in their foot. There's, it, there's a, you got a problem. But actually what's pretty funny, I've been, I'm very Meisner and Method. Like I, I, whether it's healthy or not really go into my characters and uh, flying down to Atlanta to film, I was studying everything, you know, really in doctor mode. And then there was an emergency on the airplane. They're like, is a doctor in the airplane? And I literally did this and then sat back. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what do you have to do? So. <laughs> Love that. My name is Dr. Isabel Joseph. How can I help you? I'm from Productive Measures. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. But I was close. That's funny. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So uh, one of the other things I noticed in doing some research about you, Haley, is that you've done work with a variety of charities over the years, whether it's um, work that that you did personally or you donated music or 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 there was a lot of ways that you're connected to uh, a variety of charities that were noted. But the one that stood out to me was a, a group called Musicians on Call, a group that brings music oh, to yeah. kids in the hospital. And, and the reason why that stands out to me uh, is Back in 2019, my daughter uh, spent 97 days in the hospital, um, a very large portion of that in the ICU. Uh, and we loved it when the the volunteers, they had a similar music group here in Michigan where uh, they would come in and there was music therapy, but there was also volunteers that would come in and they would play the guitar and they would sing and they would perform songs. And, uh, okay. you know, uh, one one of the ladies came in with a violin and she played the violin and sang and, and it was just really cool. Uh, we found it to be a tremendous stress relief in the middle of all the craziness that was going on uh, with my daughter's health at the time. So how did you get involved with that group? And what does it mean personally to you to donate your time and efforts to charities such as Musicians on Call? Well, I, I hearing your story resonates. Uh, my, my brother actually had a brain tumor when he was 18. And uh, he was in intensive care for about four months and multiple operations they didn't think he'd make it every single time he went under and being 10 at that time I spent a lot of time in there singing for him or reading him stories or rubbing his feet didn't love that part but uh you know I I got to see how much it it alleviated his pain to 
be around art and to you know be told stories or, or be entertained and uh he made it and he's totally fine and has two beautiful daughters that are teenagers now and it's a great success story um but i i just felt really drawn towards doing what i do which is music and being able to brighten someone's day and uh it, it was both heartbreaking I mean, to be, to go into those rooms is definitely like, I, I would be crying a lot of the times, but the joy that you would see in their eyes is, is worth every second of it. And a really cool organization. It's, it's really taken off actually since, cause this was a while ago that I started getting involved with it. It's really, I think art and music is just, I mean, there is no substitute. It is, I mean, it's kept me alive in so many ways and, uh, it's hard to see it getting pulled from schooling because I it's just so important to, to children. Agreed. So yeah, I I I loved being involved with that. And it's one of the ways that uh, you know, you you sit here and you do all this, you know, you make songs and you put songs on the radio or you go and act and, and all these things. And sometimes it feels as though you wanna you wanna give that gift just to give it. And I, I felt like that was a charity where I really just got to do something for someone else with no strings attached on my end. I love that. Uh, you know, and like I said, it, it, it reminded me very much of, of our experience and, and the things that mm -hmm. we went through. And, um, you know, my daughter was having, uh, my daughter has a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome and, um, it affects the central nervous system. And she was paralyzed okay. from the neck down for a while. She had to, Oof. she was, had to have, you know, uh, breathing tubes, a feeding tube, you know, some other things for a while. And mm -hmm. my daughter, uh, and, and me being a completely biased parent, uh, has a wonderful singing voice mm. and <clears throat> excuse me, while she was in the hospital, she couldn't sing for a while. Oh. And so, um, you know, so the, the, this, these music uh, volunteers would come in and the music therapy would come into her room and. And they would just play music for her and she would kind of whisper the songs, you know, and oh. kind of, because all she could do for a while there was just kind of bob her head back and forth, you know, she could move her head a little bit. And yeah. Would, um, you know, I still remember, I still remember the day when she was able to start singing again. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, that was a good day. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> The, the charities that do these type of things I, I are just such it's such a beautiful thing to be able to take that stress away from families and just be able to take yeah. that stress away from the person to give them something else to concentrate on exactly uh, in the middle yeah. of all this whirlwind of stuff that's going around them and, and everything they're having to deal with mm -hmm. because they're making major medical decisions every couple minutes while they're in these right. places and in like these life or death it's yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just as the person who's been, and I know that your family has been on the other side of it as well, but as a person that's mm -hmm. been on the other side of it, thank you for making your time to go do something oh. like that. So well, I, I loved, and I love doing it, but that, yeah, it's, I truly, I think art just is so powerful and I, it's, it does break my heart a little bit that we are so swept away and enamored with our affair with technology. Because I think there's a there's an incredible place for technology as well, but art oh, just yeah. 
takes you away. Like it, it's so human and it just, it transports you into a story or into a melody and yeah. I clearly am a fan. I mean, I'm like <laughs> kind of obsessed. That's <laughs> okay. Music specifically, they've they've done yeah. they've done studies to show how how music will influence the brain. Especially, they've done studies with um with Alzheimer's and dementia patients, and yeah. music that they would have known when they were younger, and watching these parts of the brain that they thought were dead from the Alzheimer's light back Isn't that up. Amazing. Yeah, it's and how so they can so remember so how to play a song on piano, but yes. not remember their name. It's yeah. Yeah. it's powerful stuff it is it is music yeah. is so incredibly important and like you yeah. said i like you said that it's it's heartbreaking to see it being pulled out of schools and for mm-hmm. the for the next thing to be well what what standardized tests can our kids do and what next new technology do they need to learn it's like no they need to work with their like hands. they need to play the flute yes <laughs> the Send- no like on even if you don't i i truly feel like of course most people will not wind up with art as a career. I, I understand that. It doesn't matter. It's it's not, to me, that's not why you're doing it at a young right. age. Like perf- dance or theater or, you know, playing an instrument are just tools that wind up making you so much more prepared for life and, and oh, agreed, whatever yeah. career you have. Yeah. And, and self-expression in general. They put so much <laughs> emphasis on, on sports and that mm-hmm. not everybody's going to be an athlete not everybody's going to be an olympian no. but no why are the same so token and it's kind of the same rate right like yeah. just as many people won't be athletes as artists but somehow sports is they mm-hmm. never cut sports right like which you know you know i didn't get you know obviously i'm not a famous athlete i'm neither a famous <laughs> musician either even though i did rock a recorder with hot cross buns uh, yeah, you, you did. Know. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> that Good second graders home with recorders. Come on. I remember Boom. that. I need the There's next generation of parents to be traumatized like I have been. So, <laughs> oh, no. Like, no, I still have the one that I got in second really? grade. It is, it is literally on that bookshelf behind me. Oh, like, that's awesome. My daughter is just eager to get to learn to play it. And it's like, so we cool. will get there. We will get there. You're four. I also just, have just a. Wait a sec. I also have a hundred year old saxophone that I've been teaching myself how to play. Like that's cool. It is so cool. I love it. That is really cool. It's an amazing, it's an amazing, amazing instrument. And it's, it's a C melody saxophone, which were super popular for like 10 minutes. And then (laughs) the economy busted and people weren't able to, to have as much. And it, it breaks my heart because it's such a cool instrument but it was to be played along with piano music instead of being pay- played in a big band. Yeah. So you don't have to transpose the keys. You can just, that's pretty cool. It's so much. That, that's such a rare it's instrument you've got there. It's so cool. And yet saxophone players hate it. Hmm. And, and all I'm sitting here thinking is I can't wait for you to play yakety sax. So <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Just saying. It's going to happen. Please do. Yeah. Currently, great. currently, it's the I'm trying to figure out how to get uh, sharps and flats to work. I've gotten the C scale, mm, down, but now nice. it's the, how do you finger sharps and flats? Oh, I I am so impressed with anyone that can play that type of instrument. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I can do the piano, I can do the guitar, anything where I'm using my fingers like this. Uh huh. When you start doing all that other stuff, I I'm so impressed. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> it's a I whole mean, skill. I had. I was in choir from third grade through my senior year of high school. I took piano lessons. I didn't join band like my siblings did. 
So my older brother and my sister both played clarinet. My other brother played trombone. I didn't do instruments until I was in my 20s when my mom's like, hey, we need we need more percussionists in this adult wind band that I'm in. And I'm like, well, I can, I can. That's awesome. That's not. It's never too late. So and true. then was gifted the saxophone that now I'm teaching myself to play. And it's, there you it's go. a blast. Cool. So everything awesome. that you've done in your career so far, Haley, with everything, directing, acting, music, charity work, all of it. What is the piece of advice that you would go back and give yourself when you first started or give to somebody else who's starting out in the entertainment industry? Oof. Well, I would preface it with don't be afraid of the nose and and the door slamming in your face. And it only takes one yes. And I know so that's that's more of a like a, a theory for proceeding forward. But what if I could go back and tell my you know, a 10 year old, 11 year old self something, it would be don't become something because you believe you should be it, be yourself and everyone will come to you. So like, if you build it, they will come. Like, I wish that I had had the courage at a young age to do the 1940s music I'm finally doing. Like this record is the first time I'm doing it. And it took me losing an album, losing everything. Like my life just going up into flames to have the courage to do it. So if I could go back, I would say dig in, fall in love with the art, spend as much time as you can developing your own voice. And when someone comes and asks you to change it, listen to their advice, sit with it, see if it resonates and let it go if it doesn't, because most of it won't. (laughs) And I, I was so impressionable and so insecure and I was a chameleon. So I became... You know, Universal Canada wanted a surfer. I became that. Like, you know, like I I let people mold me, which I think sometimes happens when you're able to do a lot of things. But I wish I had just stayed true to the one thing that I knew if I didn't do this, I would regret it the rest of my life. And so I'm finally getting there. But if I could save the heartbreak for someone else, I would I would strongly suggest. <laughs> Fair enough. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And reach back. Like I see, you know, with TikTok and everything, it's so easy to be saturated with what's literally now instant. This mm-hmm. is what's cool. This is what's hip. Don't care what's cool or hip. There is no such thing until you make it cool. Like, so it's reach back further. Go to go back to the 1940s music. Go back to the 1960s. There's such a wealth of incredible inspiration that is not on not necessarily something you're going to just discover from flipping through your phone very good very much agreed as well that. yeah yeah very much so that agreed. was a very roundabout way to say quite a few things hey, it makes sense <laughs> that's, that's okay we like roundabout that's good there you go we're meandering through the advice <laughs> absolutely all right Haley. one final question for you we call it okay. our silly question you can oh. answer this as serious okay. as, or as silly as you see fit okay of all the animals in the world which animal is the biggest party animal (laughs) um a dolphin because they're so playful and social and when i go surfing they just want to come up and hang out and they're just uh incredibly they love they love singing to you they're just 
playful little individual. So I don't know if that's a party animal, party animal, maybe a dog, dolphin. <laughs> what do you, what did you guys say? I, I know think dogs and dolphins are both solid party animals. I mean, a dog yeah. is going to be the best wingman you've ever had. That's definitely true. A dolphin might be a bit rubbery in, in the water, but you know, if you're in the water, they're the best wingman you could have. They'll protect you from sharks. So that's cool. But I, I also but, feel like a dolphin would be like game for anything. And they'd be like, hey, I know about this cool party going on in the reef down there. Let's, and like, let's do it. They would just drag you there. Like, yeah, exactly. Literally. But, but at the same time, a dog would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? It's going to be fun. But, you know, you could go down many rabbit holes with that. I could I could see so many different animals becoming party animals Close. in different situations. <laughs> I was thinking raccoon because they've already oh, got the, yeah. they've already got the costume. They um, do have the makeup. <laughs> they're they're ready yeah. for their smoky eye date. date That's night. right. Ready right for night, night on the town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like that. All good. All are solid <laughs> answers. Oh. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, I I agree with the dolphins though. Like, they are also incredibly playful. They're yeah. so sweet. They're so I cool. just love them. They're so fun. I got I saw a dolphin giving birth in Florida once. Oh I was out like way like I was out surfing and it was just like I just started crying. Like, that's so beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. They're they're just cool animals. They are, and they're so smart. Mm-hmm. They are really smart. So smart. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Haley, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Oh, Where thank you. can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and your work? Well, most of the usual suspects, if you look at Haley Fails, I'll pop up. Facebook, Haley Fails Official, but you're going to find me if you look up my name. And do keep an eye out because uh, later this year, the, the record I was mentioning till the end will be coming out finally after many years of not being allowed to release music. So I'm incredibly excited for that and uh something new comes out as well so that's a movie that'll be i don't know which network but keep an eye on it it'll be june you'll see it on imdb there you go okay yes well we will of course tell our viewers and our listeners guys you you know the drill by now when in doubt google it (laughs) right google is free you will see more than you want of me if you google (laughs) like there you go yeah all right very cool All right, guys, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to help us to continue to grow and get amazing guests like Haley Sales here today to have these wonderful conversations and to find out which animals are the party animals. So please subscribe. (laughs) It it helps us more than we can really ever tell you. And be sure to check out Haley's work as well. And I, for one, am really excited about your upcoming album because that sounds like such a heart and passion project. I'm just positive that that's going to be a, a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, but however, guys, if you aren't content with the happy of our content today, then please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is the iconic mutant time traveler known as Cable, known for his ability to move things with his mind. That means that those of you who, who submit your complaints are also never really safe from him. So send in two copies of your complaint form, because just in case he misplaces one when he's time traveling, he gets cranky. And we don't need to upset him any further. Plus, we're the ones that are we're really going to have to worry about it. But keep that in mind, because if he decides that your complaint is without merit, he could be coming for you. So, ha ha ha. How's that feel? I mean, sorry about that. 
and don't become a puddle like his wife. <laughs> Thanks again, Haley. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Haley. We really so appreciate much. you coming on. <laughs> on that happy, cheery note. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Thank you. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2023 FSF Popcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Popcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpopcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.